Thank you for joining us for episode 451 of Live Happy Now. As we venture a little farther into the new year, it's a good time to pause, take a breath, and if you have three minutes, maybe even learn to meditate. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and today I'm talking with Richard Dixie, a research scientist and lifelong student of Buddhism. Since 2007, he has devoted his life to teaching meditation, and his new book, Three Minutes a Day, is designed to teach readers how to change their lives with simple meditation practices that truly do take just three minutes a day. And be sure to stay tuned after my conversation with Richard to learn about a brand new podcast called Built to Win that's brought to you by Live Happy's sister company, Neora. Let's have a listen. Richard, thank you so much for coming on Live Happy Now. I'm glad to be here. I wanted to talk to you right at the beginning of the year because this is a time of year when people are adapting to new habits. They're saying, okay, I'm going to do it better than I did last year. And meditation is something that people often want to do. And they're like, oh, it's just too hard. I don't have time. And then you come along with this terrific book that says we can do it in three minutes a day. So first of all, what led you to discover this different way of meditating that we don't have to sit cross-legged for 30 minutes at a time? Actually, you know, this is not so new. There are traditions amongst the uh, Asian wisdom traditions in which this comes, which stress very short and often, they always say, because the whole trouble with meditation is making it fresh. Mm -hmm. And if you sit for half an hour, I suspect that 28 minutes will be sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) So you only really get two or three minutes before, you know, it's turned into a blank slate of one form or another. It's innovative to put it in in a Western format, but the idea of short sessions that are very focused is not new. But you just made it accessible to us. I'm the dean at Dharma College in Berkeley, which is a school that's dedicated to revisioning the wisdom traditions. And, you know, these wisdom traditions are really amazing. These meditation traditions are two and a half thousand years old and they are unbroken. You know, they've been master student, master student, master student for two and a half thousand years. And there's a lot of accumulated experience, and they have something really important to offer us today, which Mm -hmm. is one of the reasons why I was very motivated to teach meditation. And then in teaching meditation, I was really amazed how quickly you could actually get the core point over. And that's what, you know, really inspired me to say, okay, let's make a 14-week course, three minutes a day, really short, focused, to give people a real taste of what meditation is. Yeah, and... With three minutes a day, we're all like, okay, I can do that. I don't care how busy my life is. I can do three minutes a day. And that makes it very appealing because we live in a society that's instant gratification. We got to have it now and we're on the go. So you created this. It's really a step-by-step guide. We need to clarify. It's not a book that you're going to sit down and read all the way through and then come back and try to implement these practices. Do you want to talk kind of about the setup of it and how? Yeah, I do. I do. Actually, there's a couple of very interesting points here meditation is about our own experience. It's not about anything else. So it's not information as we normally understand it. You're not going to learn about meditation. You're going to address your own experience. Now, this is really quite a challenging undertaking because our entire educational system takes our experience for granted and talks about the world. Well, the world is actually constructed from our experience. And our experience is is like it's a window that you look out of or all of these sorts of ideas. It's all complete nonsense. We construct our experience, but we never look at how we construct it. And this means that you need to introduce 
various simple techniques to give you an, a little taste of what this construction is. And looking at this construction is meditation. Now, of course, it's a bit like saying, I'm going to tell you about chocolate. And you say, OK, you know, it's a bit sweet, it's a bit sticky, it melts in your mouth. You'd have no idea what chocolate was. Give you a piece of chocolate. Oh, I know what chocolate is. It's like that. What I'm trying to do is give these really short little pieces of experience, not information. So the idea is you read this book, every chapter is about four or five pages of introduction, a short meditation experience, and then some Q&A. And what I want people to do is to read that first chapter, do three minutes of that particular exercise, then read the second chapter. And if you do that, you'll build up an experience of meditation. And once you do, it totally alters how you see the world. Everything is different. And do you find that readers have a, a certain meditation that they gravitate toward? Like they say, oh, I really like like the candle meditation. Like, this yeah. is my favorite. And this is what works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have favorites. And the trick to meditation is this. We're really riled up the whole time because we're reacting to the construct we call the world. And that reactivity is very stressful. Now, the truth is that a lot of what we react to is actually made by us and projected as real. And this is what people like Google know, because they know if you get little buzzwords, you can make people click, you can force them into reacting. And of course, we carry around these mobile phones the whole time, which are literally doing this to us. So the first thing to learn is how to become calm in the face of a rising experience. This is the first thing to learn. This is called shamata. And until we learn to become calm in the face of a rising experience, we really have no chance of seeing how the world is made. So the first section of this book is all about looking at particular meditation objects, which are things you can concentrate on, and learning to become calm. Now, becoming calm is not becoming thought-free. Becoming calm is engaging without instantly reacting with an opinion or some like or dislike or an aversion or whatever else it might be. Learning to engage without reactivity. And if you can develop that foundation, which you can develop relatively quickly, then on the basis of that foundation, you can start to look. You can look at thoughts. How do thoughts begin? How do thoughts end? What are thoughts exactly? How are my thoughts being manipulated by experiences outside me? Those sorts of questions become answerable once you cease being reactive. What meditation does is enable you to get control of your life at a very profound level. Actually, really, this control is the only genuine control that we have. Our attention is truly our possession. You know, you can't be given it, you have it. The key is to learn how to use it. And that's really what meditation is about. And I think it's more important now than ever, because we are so distracted. And you, as you said, our phones are there like every 30 seconds reminding us of what we need to do and what we didn't do. And breaking news and all that. And it just, we don't get a break. What changes do you see in people when they're able to kind of sit down and learn this three minute method? Well, this should be taught in primary school, honestly, this should be reading, writing, and meditation. And why is that? Well, it's for this reason. As I mentioned, we construct our experience. We actually have a word for it, which is in our language. We say we recognize something. Now, when you say you recognize, that word re means you do it again. So what happens is we have sense inputs, 
five senses, thoughts, and imaginations. And then we recognize them as things, people, things I want, things I don't, good news, bad news, blah, blah, blah. Now, that process of recognition is literally a process of world construction. And the mechanism that recognizes takes memories and then looks at the cognitions that come in, compares them to memories, ascribes to them names and meanings, and represents them as the world. And it's that structure that really makes us human beings. And what we have to do is make recognition part of our experience consciously. That process is meditation. Well, one thing that you talk about that I really don't think I've seen addressed much in meditation is the role that imagination plays. Yeah. We don't really think about imagination and meditation going together. So can you talk about that and how imagination helps us meditate? Yes. Well, imagination, as I mentioned, there are six gates of our experience, right? They're the five senses and then they're thoughts and imaginations. Now, thoughts and imaginations are as much an input into our experience as, you know, feeling, smelling, touching, tasting, and hearing are. We normally don't really think about imaginations like that. But of course, we spend an awful lot of the day, I dread to think how much, but it's probably well north of 50%, imagining, well, what about this? What about that? Oh, I could do this. Oh, I could do that. These are all imaginations. So one of the techniques that, that happens in this book is to actually say, okay, let's deliberately imagine something and make it a meditation object. Just like you might say, light a candle, look at a candle. You can imagine something and look at that. And the moment you get that, you go, oh my God, imaginations aren't actually part of me. They're constructed by me. That again, releases all kinds of issues. Because so many of the things that we think we want or so many of the things that we think are bad for us are merely imagined. They're constructed by our imagination. And the trouble is this mechanism that learns from the past is defensive. It was actually developed when we were on the savannas, you know, being prowled by saber-toothed tigers to immediately recognize a threat and run away from it. And that's why, why we survived. But of course, now this paranoid, defensive, backward-looking mechanism means that all we see is bad news. All we care about is bad news. We're not interested in good things, only bad things. And of course, the result is stress. If people just learn to see their experience as experience, oh, the stress starts coming back down. You know, it's like, okay, we can calm this down. As we're telling people, all right, this is something you're going to do for three minutes. Can you give examples of the some of the exercises so they can yeah, understand sure. like, yeah, yeah. like I mean, what they the book, do for three okay, minutes? Okay, the book starts with two key exercises, which I think are really probably the fundamental thing of it. The wisdom traditions of Asia separate concentration into two phases. Now, we all know that concentration is something to do with meditation. Often people think that you're meant to sit, not moving, thought-free, and just sort of go into some kind of blank, thought-free state because that's what they think meditation is. Now, actually, the trick is to get hold of our concentration and master it. So concentration, I said, has two phases. The first one is adverting. This is to be able to place your attention on a given object. That's what we all taught at school. You know, Johnny, Johnny, concentrate. You know, you're just sort of concentrate. And most contemporarily educated people can concentrate. The problem is concentration like that is brittle. 
That's to say you might be concentrating on one thing, then something else happens. Oh, I concentrate on that. And then I concentrate on this. And then I can't. That's exactly what happens to us. So the first thing is to make the difference between adverting and another element of concentration, which is totally not stressed in our education system, which is savoring. Once you've adverted your, your concentration to an object, there's another element of concentration, which is to savor it. Now, actually, there are technical terms for these two things. One's called vitaka, that's concentration, adverting. And the other one's called vikara, which is savoring. You can actually access these two things by developing simple meditation techniques. And once you've accessed savoring, then you can make your concentration stable. So the trick is to, first of all, experience vitaka, adverting concentration. And I use a candle for that. So that people watch a candle. And what you'll find when you do this, even for three minutes, is everything starts disturbing you. Thoughts disturb you. Car slams. You're disturbed by that. Someone talks in the next room. You're disturbed by that. You find yourself being disturbed. And that's why most people say, oh, you've got to be in a totally silent room with the windows closed, your eyes closed, and no thought. This is because they're only looking at Vitaka. Now, if you can then change your meditation object, and what I like to use is a bell, to an object that fades. What happens is your vitaka turns into savoring as you watch the fading sound. And after a while, you can fade right into silence. You're still concentrated, but there's no object. You've entered something totally different. And it's just like, pick up the cup of coffee, that's vitaka, taste the coffee, that's vikara. We're going to tell readers how they can find your book, but... In the meantime, what's one thing they can start doing right now as they're like, okay, I, this would work for me. I can give it three minutes a day. What's something they can do starting today? Well, you can do right now, you can go onto my website, richarddixie.com, and download a free app. And what that app does is give you the meditation instructions. And then if you like the first one, get the book. And what the app does, which always freaks people out a bit, is it requires you to do seven days of a three-minute thing before it'll give you the next chapter. So it's actually a trainer. <laughs> it's not really a normal But there's a free trainer. And the first exercise is candle watching. And, you know, watching candles is in itself is an amazing meditation just to watch a candle for three minutes. Now it says, oh, three minutes? Good. There's nothing at all. Three minutes is a long time if you do something deliberately. And just that alone... If you do that for a week, you will change. It's quite incredible how drip, drip, drip will fill the bathtub. It doesn't take a long time. It's just repetition that does it. So just do that. And within a week, you'll go, well, I'm feeling a bit different. This is interesting. Something's changed. That's because there's a wake up call being given to your natural intelligence saying, hey, you don't have to be kidnapped by your recognitive map all the time. You could actually be free. You could be intelligent without having an object of intelligence. You could just be yourself. And that little wake-up call comes when you start taking that bit of control. Retaking of freedom of choice is a huge moment where somebody go, wow, so much of what I is freaking me out turns out to be freaking out because I'm allowing it to. Mm -hmm. I'm giving permission for it to freak me out. All I do is take a little step sideways. Oh, it doesn't freak me out anymore. 
And that really is simple. That was Richard Dixie talking about how you can transform your life in just three minutes a day. To learn more about his book, Three Minutes a Day, or download his free app and take your meditation on the go, visit us at livehappy.com and click on the podcast tab. And speaking of things you'll find on our website, next I'm talking with Live Happy's Deborah Heise, who is also CEO of our sister company, Neora, and has a great new podcast named Built to Win that she's here to tell us about. Well, Deborah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Paula. This is such a great time of year because everyone's starting new things and excited about the opportunities that are going on. All our shows this month are really tailored around new practices and new ways of looking at things. And you have a lot of new things going on, a lot of things you're excited about. So I wanted to uh, take a few minutes and talk to you about that. I really do have a lot going on that I'm excited about. We have a lot going on that we're excited about. There's some great new stuff with Live Happy coming out. You know, Happy Axe is coming up in March and we're talking about that right now. And we're talking about all the other things related to Live Happy that we'd like to put out in the world this year. I love the series that you guys are doing right now on you know new things, new practices. It's great. It's always good to put stuff in your head and get new <laughs> ideas on how you can improve. So I love everything that's going on right now. But I have something that's a little outside the Live Happy space that I've been working on that I wanted to, to share with everybody. I think Everybody knows in the podcast, I am you know, CEO of, of Live Happy. I also have a co-founder of Live Happy, and his name is Jeff Olson. Jeff and I actually worked together on another company, a company called Neora. He's the founder of that, along with his daughter, Amber Olson Rourke, and I'm co-CEO of that company. And I'm really excited about what we've got going on because we have just launched a new podcast called Built to Win. It's available on all your podcast places that you would find Live Happy Now. And that podcast you know, features Jeff, Jeff Olson. He's the author of the best-selling book, The Slide Edge, which is really a book that is, is a roadmap how to accomplish anything. And then Amber Olson Rourke, who is a very successful executive in her own right. And then also we have Dave Fleming, who is a seasoned international executive who has been through a lot of challenges and done a lot of things in his life, and then me. And basically what we all are is we're personal development junkies, and we've learned a lot. We spent a lot of time studying business practices, studying you know, things that you can do to get better in life, leadership. Uh, there's a lot of uh, leadership lessons. And what we really want to do is put out in the world a lot of our experience and to help those of you who are trying to build a business, who are thinking about managing a team, thinking about anything in your life. It doesn't have to be business. Thinking about challenges that you need to overcome. We're trying to put information out there that you can use in your everyday life to improve your life. So it's not quite live happy, but it's in the same vein. Interesting because the four of us just went through a really huge monumental challenge that most people will never see anything of that size in their business career. But we navigated successfully and we won a very important battle in the, the business world. And so the first few episodes focus on that. But then most of the episodes focus and are going to focus on practices you can do in your everyday life, leadership lessons, how to make decisions in the trenches, how to get prepared for those problems when they come up, how to lead teams, all of those things that are critically important to basically building leadership skills in your own life. That's what most of the podcasts are going to focus on. But we just launched it. And so we wanted to share it with our Live Happy listeners, because if 
you're someone who has a business, wants to be in business, is a manager of a team at a company, works in a business. You know, most of us in the world do one of those things. Having listened to it, one thing that strikes me is even though you're talking about business principles, these are life principles. And they guided your business decisions, but even someone who isn't in a business environment can use those same kind of principles and applications for making difficult decisions and taking on big challenges. That's really what struck me. It's kind of like a movie that's set in a business world, but you could easily change the scene and make it a Hallmark movie where it's set in someone's house. You know, <laughs> that, That's really how it comes through. The, the lessons are applicable, whether you're trying to run a business or run a household. You're exactly right, Paula, because our intention is not to give people, you know, the nuts and bolts of how to do their accounting or none of you're not going to hear any of that. What you're going to hear is how to prepare to face challenges in life, how to face those challenges in life, how to get yourself prepared to have those challenges in life. And all of that is personal development. I mean, yes, a lot of the principles are grounded in some of our business experiences, but the reality is, you know, these are people who have been very successful in their lives. Jeff and Amber and Dave are great people. I get to work with them every day. I couldn't be more blessed. But they have applied personal development in their lives to be successful people. And I actually kind of hate the term personal development. I actually prefer success practices mm. or happiness practices. Personal development sounds like work. And the reality is it's work. But really what we're talking about is discovering and applying the tools to help you accomplish anything. That's why the name of the podcast is Built to Win. That's build great. yourself, build yourself to win when those challenges come in. One thing that really struck me, I think it was in the very first episode, and I believe it was Amber who brought up the fact that you faced this big challenge and she realized every little challenge that had frustrated her in her business career had also given her the resilience to face this big challenge. Like she could look back behind her and say, oh, all those little things that were bothersome actually strengthened me. And I think that's so great because that's true in life as well. It is. And there will be a lot less business talk on this podcast than I think than then there will be life talk. You know, Amber mm -hmm. and I are both parent. Well, Amber, Dave and I are all parents with children still living at home. Uh, we have to balance our work life with our home life. I think everybody does. That's where a lot of our challenges arise too. So we'll, we'll be talking a little bit about that. We'll be talking about a lot of the impacted principles we talk about here, you know, being present, being engaged, you know, building trust building relationships, all of that, you know, will flow into this podcast as well. I'm super excited about it. We're just getting started. As you know, Paula, Live Happy Now has been my favorite thing we've ever done at Live Happy. It still is. Mine too. Um, and I think it all, I, I know, and I think <laughs> it always will be because just hearing from people who have been there and done that, who have researched happiness who have their own life experiences to bring. I just love the conversations we're able to have part of Live Happy Now. Mm -hmm. Now I get to have those conversations twice because I get yeah. to have it on, on Built to Win as well. But once again, it's going to be people who've been there, people who've faced things that maybe you haven't faced, but we all have challenges and we all have goals and we all have you know dreams and ideas of where we want to be in life. 
And you have to have the personal tool set in order to accomplish those things. And that's really what I'm hoping Built to Win provides to its listeners, ideas and building their personal tool set to be able to face the challenges and accomplish the goals they want in life. We're going to tell them how they can subscribe. We'll include that on the landing page so they can go to livehappy.com and click on the podcast page and find how to do that. What do you want them to do once they go discover Built to Win? First of all, I want them to go discover it. Download the first couple episodes. Take a listen. Know that just getting to hear Jeff is inspirational. It's a master class every time. It is. Every time somebody asks him a question or he makes a comment, he's like, I need to start taking notes and I'm on the podcast. (laughs) That's a good sign. Please take the opportunity to listen to it. But because we've just launched also, you know, share with your friends, share with everybody, but mostly please download and rate it. You know, it's really important for new podcasts to get people to rate them and let us know how you think. It helps us, you know, be able to be found on the podcast apps and helps more people find us. Deb, I wish the best of success on Built to Win for so many different reasons. And thank you for coming on and talking about it. My pleasure. I want to come back and talk about happiness sometime soon. That was Deborah Heise talking about the new podcast, Built to Win. Learn more about it and subscribe when you visit livehappy.com and click on this episode. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.